Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast, where it's spooky season all day, every day. I'm one of your hosts, Rip, and I'm always joined by... Jambalaya Jumbi. It's me. It is him. Mm-hmm. And today, we are covering... A movie. <gasps> We're back at movies. And not the just movie's any movie. called A Civilized Man. <laughs> a recent no, wait. Close. You're very close, Jumbie. It's actually called I know. Barbarian. <gasps> now. This is a deep movie. This is a hard watch. But good. Yeah. Great movie. So I, before we dive into this, before we get deep into this, I will say, if you have the opportunity to not watch a trailer and just go into this blind, please do it and enjoy it. And if you need some kind of assurance of whether or not this movie was good before you, you get, we get into spoiler territory, this is your sign. Go for it. Yeah, go watch. Now, I know that people say that at the beginning of everything, and they're like, why would they click on this? Well, just in case yes. you accidentally kept something running in your car, and this popped up, and you're like, I don't even subscribe to these stupid people. Why is this playing? <laughs> Stop the car. Throw your phone out the window if you have to, so you can go watch this movie without spoilers. But uh, subscribe to us before you do that. Yeah, before you throw your phone out the window. Yeah. But... With that being said, Jumpy, there is. Probably said the name of the movie, right? So we said it, right? Barbarian? No? Barbarian. Yeah, it's actually ha- called Barbarian. Hannah Barbarian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hannah Barbarian. It's just called Barbarian. Not even the, it's just Barbarian. Yes. Directed and written by Zach Kreger. Who is married to Sarah Paxton. Who starred in a little-known movie called Aquamarine. She was also in The Last House on the Left, which is a little more on-brand for us because it's a scary movie. Nice. She played Mari. Hmm. Now, this movie does touch on topics that could be triggering. Or if you don't like that word, can be uncomfortable for some people. And these are topics that we're going to touch upon. So... They have overlying themes of sexual assault, just to be clear. So if that's something that bothers you, don't see the movie, obviously. And you probably won't want to listen to this because we're just going to touch on those topics and talk about it. Now, they don't show any of that. They do touch upon it and they do talk about it. So if that's if just the words if just the aura about it, because it does have the implication of it happening, then understandably walk away with that being said we're gonna go into it i think it was really well done though with themes that they covered but before you can even talk about the themes you have to go through like <laughs> i think before we start anything it'd be really fun if we just say what you thought rip what you thought the movie was gonna be going in did you see a trailer what were your expectations for the movie based on 
whatever you heard about it, and then I'll do the same. I only saw one trailer, and that was same in the theaters when Jumpy and I were gonna watch Nope. They showed a, they showed a trailer for this movie, and it was a very well done trailer. Because I've now after the watching this movie, I've seen other trailers, and I don't like those trailers. the The trailer we saw at the movies was the best because it really made us think what the movie was going to be about, and then it slapped us in the face with a twist. So it introduced us to Tess, who is looking for an Airbnb and her the the person that she runs into at her Airbnb is Bill Skarsgård Keith in the movie but yes Bill Pennywise Skarsgård yeah now this is the prince of horror right now and he's quickly gaining the throne to be king watching him made me one want to bring up again that i want to watch the it movies <laughs> for this podcast but rip's like no he's not too recent i want to see it right now <laughs> again and then also i want to cover castle rock because mm-hmm. it's a crime that that show got canceled that was so good and we got two seasons of that show we should cover it i, do I don't wanna... care if anyone everyone doesn't care about that show i do want to check out the outsider or the outside yeah i forget the name but it's another Stephen King property that's on Hulu. Stephen King. Stephen. So, upon watching this trailer and seeing Bill open the door and being like, oh, I guess the Airbnb double booked us and we're stuck here together for the night. I'm like, okay, well, he's obviously the owner of this Airbnb. He gets unsuspecting victims and traps them in a basement somewhere and you know, and then this is her trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, does a gorilla pound on his chest and he says, I'm the barbarian at the end. That's what I thought the movie was going to be. Me too. Bill Skarsgård being an absolute madman. And I, I, because it's called Barbarian, and we see clips of Tess running through a, um, a tunnel. I'm thinking maybe he's just hunting for sport. This is what he wants to do. That would be barbaric. Yeah. So. That's what also you? what I kind of thought. I saw it. I was like, this is going to be great. Bill Skarsgård is a great villain. I instantly accept that he is the best villain in this movie. He is the villain. It's not going to be Tess. That's for sure. Yeah. That would have been a twist, wouldn't it? Tess is just like, I'm the barbarian. She just starts <laughs> this is my Airbnb. <laughs> like whoa that's crazy (laughs) that didn't happen but that would have been wild yeah um but yeah given the trailer obviously bill skarsgård gives off a creepy persona his kind of typecast at the moment is creepy guy who can make strange faces although he did show off a more charming side in this in this movie he did prove that you know he's still a skarsgård right he's still a handsome norwegian man but he that's scary too that's scary Mm -hmm. I promise you, everybody in that theater had their guard up. Yeah. Oh, no. Even though he was being charming, I was like, this man's going to snap. I don't care. (laughs) And thankfully for us, that was the opening scene. That exact trailer. You know, the trailer is good when it it uses the first like 20 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. 
exclusively or 30 minutes exclusively. Yeah. They don't reveal anything else. That's how the trailer's good. Right. They shouldn't even let the trailer company see the rest of the movie. <laughs> give them 30 minutes and be like, do something. Yeah. So, um, so that's pretty much what the opening of the movie was. It's Tess drives in. It's two something in the morning. You it's don't in Detroit. See, in Detroit, Michigan. Very important. Like, you can't be out in Detroit, Michigan at that time. <laughs> and not only that, but you can't see it the rest of the neighborhood. You only see this one house. Uh, she goes in. Nobody t- nobody calls. Nobody answers at the Airbnb. She she sees the light go on. She goes inside. Well, she knocks on the door. Bill answers, or Keith answers. And he just tells her, like, look, I got this Airbnb fair and square. I Let me see your, your information. Tess shows it to him. And he's like, okay, what just happened? And they're like, okay, well, you did it through Airbnb. I did it through, like, home something. And we just, they just double booked us and fucked us over. We got to call them up tomorrow and bitch them out. I think it was brave of them to even open the door <laughs> in that, because it's revealed in the movie later that that is a sketchy looking neighborhood. It's yes. not just any area in Detroit. It, it looks like a rundown, like bad part of town. It is the only house up and running. Every other house is boarded is up. Derelict. Yeah. It looks bad. So for him to even open the door when someone's pounding on it is brave. I would have kept the lights off, not open the door, maybe call the police. I don't care if it's a woman out there. I'm scared. And in fact, Tess makes a, a note of that. Like, mm-hmm. it becomes a conversation piece, a, a conversation piece later on. That, uh, because eventually, Bill kind of, Bill Keith, tells her. <laughs> Keith <laughs> Billionson. Yeah. You can't see it. It's a rough neighborhood. You shouldn't be out there right now. To the point where he got her stuff and brought it in because he didn't want her out there at all. Um, Which, obviously, like, this is the killer. He's trying to make her stay. Mm-hmm. He's trying to put on the charm and be like, ah, oh, yeah, you can sleep in the bed. I'm a nice guy. I'll take the couch. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You want some tea? Like, <laughs> who is he fooling with this nice guy act? Not me. And then he's like, he might have fooled Rip, but oh. not Jumby. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the hotels are all booked up because there's a festival. <laughs> he did. He came out. He's like, oh, he's like Columbo. He's just like one more thing. Just, <laughs> just one more thing. So Good reference that no one's going to get. Um, I got it. All of the hotels are closed because there's a convention in town, medical or something. I don't know. Maybe I bought up all the hotels. Who knows? <laughs> so He's so ch- good in this I can't stress how good he is in this because it's one of those movies you can watch it twice because of the twist that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But and please watch the movie before you listen to this. It's we're going to tell you when we're going to spoil everything at a certain point. But yeah. so he he plays this part in a way that can be seen in two ways, and he's doing it perfectly. Yeah, he is very nervous because he realizes the situation he's in, and he's doing his best to be. The perfect gentleman so this girl doesn't suspect him of anything or or interpret any of his actions in the wrong way so he makes her a cup of tea 
and he realizes later on that she never watched him make the cup of tea nor did he um nor did she drink it so he's like okay he finds a bottle of wine that's completely wrapped and he's like i'm going to drink this wine i would like if you were join me so we can break the ice you can watch me open it so you don't suspect anything and obviously <laughs> your boy jumbie's like yeah well what if you got a really big syringe filled with knockout juice or whatever they use these days and you put it through the cork and it looks like it was never opened but really it was because you use the syringe to pour the liquid inside that's what i thought that was everything i thought in that moment i was like get out of here (laughs) pennywise you're gonna have to wake up pretty early in the morning to go on over on old jumpy (laughs) so this is where rip gets disarmed and trusts (laughs) i mean but oh, yeah. okay. Jumpy was high on high alert the entire time. <laughs> but I was on the edge of my seat with my toes on the seat. That's how high alert I was. So uh Tess starts making a reference. Like, why is Tess there? Well, she's there for an interview. And uh to do to to be under a documentarian. Oh, what's the documentarian about? Like what's what documentary? And he's like, oh, it's about this jazz band. Um, And he's like, jazz band? Tell me about it. So she says it's a... She starts describing this obscure documentary. (laughs) I still can't say that. (laughs) Documentary. I can't say that fucking word. Documentary? No, I refuse to correct Documentary. Documentary. You're saying document? The word Terry. (laughs) McGinnis. So you know, you know. She's like talking talking about this documentary, and he's like, "Oh, it's about a jazz band," and he's like, "Oh, I've seen that." And she's like, "No, you have not seen this." And then stop he, lying to get under my skin, evil man. So he goes into details about this documentary, and the next scene, she's drinking wine with him, and I'm like, you know what? It's so obscure. Unless he fucking researched the fuck out of her, and this is his Airbnb. I don't know. I I disarmed. I probably would have gotten. I had <laughs> I had the out. opposite reaction. I was like, okay, because he went, goes in to explain that like not only does he know about this jazz band, um, he know he talks about their work as well, right? Yeah. Like their connection through work, and how she's working for this company that like. I forget what they do. Um, they put up homes or something. They make homes for people. Oh. Some some type of like good faith um, non for profit or something. Yeah, that's helping the community. And not only does he know the jazz band she's talking about that's connected to this charity, he's like the third in command at the charity. He's like one of the founding members of the charity that she's trying to get a job at. And. I was like, okay, so that's how he knows who she is. That's how he picked his victims. And that's how he arranged this whole thing. It wasn't random. He knew who she was and he picked her. That's that's what I thought was happening here. Because again, you're going into this movie looking for a barbarian. <laughs> and yet we have yet to see one. We've seen Mr. Suave and Tess. And that's about it. So Keith and Tess end the night with like in the cutest scene where yeah. Keith shows her how he 
um, just makes the bed. How he puts on a duvet. How he puts it all together. It's the fucking they, cutest thing. And it is super cute. And they, they talked all night too. It was like a really good conversation. We we shouldn't gloss over the fact that they had a nice conversation about... Yeah, um, about what happened. The Airbnb. Yeah. Like, about him showing up. Like he showed up and opened the door. And like I said, yeah. me, Jumby, not a real man, I guess, would not open the door. <laughs> <laughs> I would just not do it. I'm not doing I don't care who's out there. I'm will, I'll call you an Uber or the cops, but I ain't opening that door. Right. Um, so, but he did, and a lot of people, I guess a lot of men would. So and, that, that, was his, yeah. that was her thing. Uh, she ha- If it was the other way around, she wouldn't have thought twice about it because as a woman, she, uh, she can't just go head first into these situations, which is what Keith did. He mm-hmm. just opened up the door and he's like, okay, what? What's going on here? Right, mm-hmm. he could just barrel through anything, but she has to be careful. Yeah, and you know, they they talk about like why he would do that and why she would do that, and it makes sense. And after they put the duvet together, they there's this lingering. He felt the tension, and at some point, Keith is like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to the couch," and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's probably a good idea," <laughs> and then he goes. But we see Tess doesn't lock the door. Which, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did she forget? I I read it as she forgot and she done fucked up. I think uh, she was so disarmed that she, that she didn't feel the need to do it. Because she's like, but it, was, it wasn't like an intentional, like, I hope he comes in kind of thing. Good, well, well, I, I hope, I don't think so. I didn't read that at all, but I was just guessing, like, maybe your thought process was. So, we are thrusted into a moment where Tess, close up of Tess, and we hear footsteps creaking as she opens her eyes. And when we zoom out, the door is opened, and we see Keith having a nightmare on the couch. Now, Tess goes to wake Keith up, and she does, and he's very... He's having a night terror. He's, yeah. like, screaming in his sleep. And he's he's carrying that energy as to why Tess woke him up. And Tess could have easily been like, dude, like, I heard you... I heard... I heard you screaming. I needed to wake you up. Also, my door was open. Did you do that? But she just said, the door was open. And did you open my door? He's like, no. I was having the worst dream of my life. Why would you think? But in the background, before Tess wakes up Keith, we see something or someone. I saw nothing. Or nothing. Close the basement door. I saw nothing. (laughs) But this I want to circle back to after we just finished telling everything. Um, Making a dead because because I don't I don't think we've seen the character who did this Hmm. at all. We'll circle back to it. But so like I don't think we've ever been introduced to them yet. So uh so that happened. 
Uh, Tess goes back to her room because Keith kind of just freaked out. She locks the door and she goes on the bed and it just fast forwards to the next day. So we're, everybody had like a sigh of like, oh, okay, she made it through the night. And that's when she gets ready for her interview. She goes out and the entire neighborhood is non-existent. Just empty houses, boarded up, barely hanging on. It's mm-hmm. the only like, well-maintained house mm-hmm. in that entire neighborhood. We mentioned that earlier, but this is when she realizes that. She didn't realize how sketchy the place she was in was. So Keith had left her a nice note. He said he had to run off, but good luck on the interview. And Oh, yeah, she has an interview. Forgot. She has a job interview. <laughs> yeah. She comes back from the job interview. We'll, we'll circle back to that, because that was, was like a minute important information and well i mean we can talk about it now just the person interviewing her was like oh where are you staying she's like oh i'm in this neighborhood and they're like no for real where are you staying and like no there's an airbnb there she's like there okay like if you can get into a hotel get into a hotel no one stays in that neighborhood and tess is like no i have a roommate sort of we're fine it's okay and then she's like okay well, call me if anything. Bye. <laughs> Never seen her again. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, she goes back to the house, and we get a homeless man running after her, telling her, uh, don't go inside, don't go inside. She goes inside because she's afraid, and the man pounds on the door and says, get out that house, get out that house. Yeah. So she calls 911. Scary. I mean, he could have went about that a million different ways, that homeless man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But she calls 911. 911 is like, yeah, we have, no, avail- <laughs> we have no available <laughs> units. She's like, no, like, I need somebody now. You're not listening. And she's like, the person on the other line is like, are you not listening? I say we have no available units. We'll get to you when we get to you. Peace. And hangs up. So Tess is ready to leave, but she wants to use the bathroom. Unfortunately, no toilet paper. She goes throughout the entire house, no toilet paper. So she checks the basement. There's toilet paper. So she grabs the toilet paper, but the door to the basement closes. And it's stuck she can't get out. Dun, dun, dun. She tries the window. Nothing. It doesn't open, doesn't budge. She realizes she doesn't have her phone. And then she realizes that she has the key. So Keith can't get in. So she has. So she's stuck. I mean, it's not that scary. If Keith shows up, she could just wave at him. Like, you can see the street. From where she's stuck. Yeah. But also, what a big flaw in the security plans for the entire house. Am I right? That homeless man could have just busted through that window and got in the house. <laughs> it's a small window. Yeah, but a person can fit through. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the door to the basement can't open from the inside. So. You think so? 
and you know they have other security measures that <laughs> test finds <laughs> out um she other deterrents a guard dog some would call <laughs> she starts messing around like looking at the basement trying to find anything mm-hmm. and she finds a rope through a wall and she pulls on the rope and we get a secret room opening up on the concrete wall and it opens up through a pulley system with that rope it's really creepy you pull the rope and it opens up the the door she looks through this black staircase to a just darkness and abyss she just says nope and i applauded i stood up and applauded good she channeled Jordan Peele. <laughs> she looked into the camera and said, nope. But time passed. She also said, in theaters now. Yeah. <laughs> right next to the theater that you're in. Go see. Order it on demand. But she can't. An undetermined amount of time passes by. Still, light, still day out. Still light up. But she realizes she can't stay there. She needs to do something. So she realizes that if she places a mirror on top of a chair, angle it so the light hit the light from a light bulb hits the mirror, it can illuminate this tunnel. She does. She walks down and she finds a room. The room has a mattress, a bucket, a video camera on a tripod. And a bloody handprint on the wall. She screams. She runs out. She sees Keith outside. She bangs Perfect on the Perfect timing for Keith. Yeah. <laughs> she bangs on the window. Keith decides if he's going to push the window, she has to pull. They get out. <laughs> and she says that she need, they need to get the fuck out of there. And Keith is like, no. What do you mean? Come on, like that's ridiculous. It's like no, in the basement there's a video camera, a bucket, and a, and a mattress, and he's just like that sounds perfectly normal for uh, a basement to have. And I was like, no, it's in a secret room. And he's like, maybe it's a storage. Like I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna check it out. You don't have to come with me. Okay. She's like, fine. He's like, he's like, if it's a bad situation, we'll leave. Okay. So he goes down there. He says he enters the room. And then silence. And then she keeps calling for Keith. Nothing. So reluctantly, she goes down the stairs. I don't know in what universe anyone does this. (laughs) This is some horror movie stuff right here. Yeah. Okay, I understand. They tried their best. They tried their best. Yeah. All right, Keith is a nice guy. She had a nice experience last night. Nobody's making me go on there. I don't care how nice a night I had. <laughs> you barely know the man. Let him go explore if he wants. You warned him. Mm-hmm. Get out of there. Call the cops, and that's it. I don't care if the cops are useless. Call them anyway. <laughs> so she goes down there. Somehow. Despite Jumpy's <laughs> advice. Because <laughs> obviously Keith is trying to lure her down. 
she goes into the room empty so she holds her breath and she checks underneath the mattress nothing and we're all bracing because it's a close-up of her face so we know something's gonna appear right behind her she gets up keith is gonna go with a with a rag of chloroform and just trap her in that room and she has to escape mm-hmm. but and nothing. terrible nothing so she's trying to figure out where keith went and she leans her back against the wall and realizes there's another door she opens that door into on much longer tunnel and basement deeper into the basement so she goes, screaming for Keith, screaming, Keith, Keith, are you there, Keith? Everybody's groaning because everybody knows what's going to happen. Keith mm-hmm. is just lowering her to her death. She's, as she's going down, she sees a small little crevice with like dog cage, dog cages, animal cages with even like doesn't she, a. Doesn't she hear his voice too? she does at some point she's Mm. like okay so she keeps going down this tunnel and eventually in a jump scare we see keith and then she's like okay before that though like we heard his voice he was like oh like he was screaming out yeah Mm. so they run into each other he's happy he's not happy he no she's like we need to get out we need to get out he's like shh we can't go that way something is after us something's down here and then she's like no no that's the way out and he's like he's like keep your voice down because something's out after us like we need to figure out another way and tess is begging him to go back the way they came but eventually their conversation he said something bit me that's the words keith said <laughs> you can't something bit me and Again, I'm going to circle back to this. I don't think we even saw the thing that bit him in this entire movie. <laughs> there were dog cages. Mm-hmm. So, they, uh, in the middle of the argument, we see something. It's a figure, a zombie figure, and it shows its teeth. Zombie? Zombie. The figure of a zombie. But it takes Keith's head and smashes it against the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, anybody watching this, everybody listening to this, our boy Keith was just an honest man. This is the real barbarian. This is the monster. Well, I don't even think that's the real barbarian. But yes, <laughs> this is the monster. This is not for the this portion of well, the movie. At this point, this is what we think. This is the barbarian. Yeah, and this... it's some naked lady, by the way. It's yeah. just like a random, scary, almost bald, naked. ghoul of a creature. It looks like a ghoul from Fallout Four, but with a little bit more hair, and it's a woman. And it smashes Keith's head against the wall repeatedly. Keith is dead, and it. This monster comes face to face with Tess. And then we cut mm-hmm. to the sunny beaches of California, baby. We're in a convertible. Justin Long is singing along to his favorite song. 
I cracked the fuck up once I saw Justin Long. I didn't even notice it. Like, Jumpy, this like, touched me. He's like, it's Justin Long. And I start laughing. What a fucking 180. I can't. <laughs> believe i didn't know he was in this movie i love to see justin long show up in a movie i can't believe he's in this i was like wow <laughs> justin long in a convertible i can't wait to see the journey we go down to see how he turns into this lady <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> i was like i've seen crazier things happen to justin long this is gonna be a crazy journey yeah i was just like okay i want to see how he ends up in this house so oh i mean but that those 30 minutes that ride just to tell us that we were wrong about bill skarsgård keith uh, and like and keith they use the fact that we know who what roles bill skarsgård plays to play with our minds to play with us the entire time we thought bill was the the barbarian and he actually was who he said he was he was just a really nice guy who also is, you know, the head of this nice big company. And he's like a good match for Tess and everything. Everything he said was true. He is that dumb. He does want to go down into the secret tunnel. Like, he's just that guy. He's just that nice guy. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm still shocked. And he died. <laughs> he died in a gruesome fashion. He didn't deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> And now we're introduced to Justin Long. And I think Which we like, can... What the hell are we doing with this movie? They just do a complete 180 and we don't even know what we're doing. <laughs> so, I love recapping that, that intro, the, the first 30 minutes. But we don't have to... It's like it. its own movie, honestly. It's yeah. like its own little mini movie. Like, oh, what a twist. It could have ended right there. It yeah. could have ended right there. You know? That if it was like a TV episode, yes. that would have been like, whoa, Perfect. what a good series. Perfect ending. And then mm-hmm. the after credits is just shows Justin Long driving in the car, and that's it. And everyone's <laughs> like, "What the f- what the hell is season two going to be about? That's crazy." But yeah, our episode. Yeah. So. So yeah. So Tess, th- this is interesting because this goes into what Tess was talking about earlier. Women have to analyze the situation before they can just go into it. They have to. Bill went head first in there. <laughs> he didn't. He Tess warned him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith didn't listen to her at all. He just like, don't worry, mm-hmm. I got this. I'm the man. I'll check mm-hmm. this out. And it ended up. It resulted in his death. It was also kind of because he wasn't taking her at face value. He needed to see things for himself. Yeah. But I mean, as soon as I see the opening to the downstairs i think i had seen enough i'm just like okay there's a, there is a secret tunnel right there I'm, I'm gonna leave with you yeah i don't need to go in and see the cage no we don't know what happened we don't know what went on from the yeah. moment he told her he saw the room until his death i think something else got him hmm. not though even not even the woman we saw kill him i think yeah. something else bit him and caught him and took him in. And I think it's the same something else that actually snuck its way upstairs into the hallway. Because the girl, the woman we saw was not that subtle. Yeah. We saw there's a more subtle monster down there. Yes. Maybe a kid. 
and I'm thinking it's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Like a ten year old. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Monster kid. So. Um. But yeah. Justin Long's character in this. Right. Is... Yeah. Talk about him. Was out of left field because we didn't. Ex- I didn't know. I I saw a trailer after, where it opens with Justin Long, and I'm like, dude, this is this is too much. You don't need to show us Justin Long. Just give us that original trailer, and that's it. The movie's much more much better without <laughs> without that showing us Justin Long is in this movie, and the yeah, tone no. shifts too. Like, it does, but then they do a great job at just. Slapping you in the face with this twist, but then getting back to where we were in terms of tone. So he's a big, uh, big sitcom actor, and he's getting ready for a new sitcom that's coming out. But his publicists tell him that actor or producer, actor, actor. Okay, I believe so. Um, yeah, and he just. Gets revealed that he uh, went out with one of the one of his coworkers, and she said that she doesn't want to do a pilot with him anymore. Um, well, she'll do it. She'll do the show as long as he's not in there, because she uh, she said that she was sexually assaulted by Justin Long, and. No point to Justin Long deny this, right? Well, I want to say that his acting was really good in the car because he he acted in a way that was like in disbelief. Yeah. So it could have been construed as like, I can't believe that this person's making this up. Like I was getting that vibe from him at first. Yeah. Or like, I can't believe this person's saying this, right? Yes. And you're right. He didn't all like write out say that she's lying or anything. Yeah. He just made it seem like he was in disbelief. It, so like in fact, it was the fact that he was getting kicked off this pilot that was more of his concern. Mm-hmm. And once more information starts getting revealed, he it he's done. His career's over. She's suing him for everything. The fact that he needs lawyers involved is going to drain him of all his money. And they tell him, like, and everybody that was on his side or on his payroll jumps ship. They don't want their hands on this at all. The only people that have his back are his lawyers, and they don't have his back. They just, you know, he's going to pay them, so they're going to take his money. But this won't, this won't happen for a while. He needs to figure out his situation immediately, and against the better judgment of his lawyers, he decided to go to another property that he's been using as an Airbnb in Detroit, Michigan. That's right. Justin mm-hmm. Long is in the the owner of this house, and. It has that weird room <laughs> with the camera, the mattress. So now you're like, maybe wait, is mm-hmm. he the the barbarian? 
Maybe. But one thing I want to mention um, before we talk about his misadventures in the basement, which are really great to watch. Um, there was this air of like, is he in a bad situation? Did he actually do this? Yeah. And then he they give you a line that pretty much spells it out to you. More savvy viewers probably got it earlier than I did, but I got it at the bar scene, like 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, which I think is upsetting, I guess, to some people because it has to be spelled out, I guess. And then I'm like, okay, he did this. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. And I think maybe that's part of the problem they were trying to address, but whatever. They they have a scene at the bar. He's with one of his douchebag, like, fraternity friends. And the friend is like, they're both drinking together. And he's like, look, dude, I need to hear from you. Like, I'll believe whatever you tell me, man. But what's going on with this stuff, with this girl and this pilot? What happened, man? Just tell me. And Justin Long's story is a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, it's not Justin Long. We shouldn't call him Justin Long because, like, the AJ. actor didn't do anything wrong. AJ, AJ, the character, who is a horrible person, yeah. um, explains his side of the story. And it's a bunch of shit. It, he says that. You know, she wasn't into it at first, but then she was. And then he's pretty sure she was, which is like some bullshit. She was not into it. So the allegations seem to be true after his retelling of the story to his friend, because it wasn't even convincing to his friend. Yeah, it was a very like the more he talked about it, the more it just sounded like he did it. Like, yeah, he's like, and he didn't just the problem was that he just didn't realize it was wrong. That's that, that was what that's his perspective. Yeah, he just, in his eyes, he, even though she said no, he thought, well, let me keep pursuing this. And then, yeah, and that is wrong. There's a right Mm -hmm. way to do all this stuff. But there is, it did feel like he thought he had this air of invincibility to him, probably because he's this big actor. Yeah, I'm saying all and, actors like like this. There's but there's people. No, but there's been a lot of people revealed to be horrible, you know, abusers of power who are also like rapists in the acting community. It's it's a big thing. That's what they were pulling this inspiration from. Yeah, yeah. inspiration. So, well, I mean, they inspire them to write this character. <laughs> so he not always good. <laughs> he comes back. He's drunk. He calls this woman. And drunk oh, calls the, the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he call, He openly tells her that he thought he was doing. He thought what he thought was okay. He realized he didn't know it was wrong, and if he was wrong, well, he's sorry. He just needs her to call her back. And this is like his lawyers kept telling him, "Don't do this." Don't come in contact with this woman. Do not talk to her anything. But I still think he's trying to hold on to whatever control he has left in his life and try to solve the situation behind the scene. I think he really is just that arrogant to be like, oh, I could just, this is just a misunderstanding. He's that much in denial about what he did. That he thinks he could talk this through and just be like, and then that's why it wasn't what you said it was. And she'd be like, oh, good. Wow, I can't believe that. Like, he's that arrogant that he thinks it's going to be fixed with the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) But. That was another thing that, like, was 
throwing me through a little bit of a loop where he's like, if I could just talk to her to his lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Cause like he should know that wouldn't work if he did it. But then I guess he, he did end up doing it. He's just a really arrogant idiot. Yeah. And also like, uh, the, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that he thought he could, yeah. The fact that he thought he could do it, right? Just like, um, just try to cover up everything. Not even cover up. I don't want to use that word. He thought he could fix everything himself. And um, another, another thing about it is like, he, he still wants to go to court. But judging by what we heard, he knows he did it. So, like, why would he even waste his money going to court to try and disprove something he knows that he did unless he's that stupid or that arrogant where he still feels like he's a good person, that he didn't do anything He really thinks that. Yeah, he really does. Because in that phone call, he really thinks that he's, like, you know, uh. What's the word, man? <laughs> he like he's delusional. He's, he can fix it. He's yeah, he is delusional. He thinks he can fix all this. And this is again talking going towards. This is what I was trying to remember. Uh, that mm-hmm. Tess was trying. Was Tess was saying, men just jump into this. They jump into without thinking. Without thinking, and that's exactly what he did. He called her up. He was drunk, but he didn't have to. Like he shouldn't have done that because he. What that phone call, even though he was apologizing for the situation, said he misunderstood the situation, that still can come off as a confession. Mm-hmm. Which his lawyers was like, that's hard to. Well, to whatever. Defend. Let him confess. He did it. <laughs> so I don't care. Yeah. Make it easier. Send him to jail. <laughs> but he wakes up. The lawyer, the lawyer <laughs> should have been like, yeah, call her. <laughs> so. Throughout this whole time, he's annoyed because there's clearly squatters in his house because there's a car there, Tess's car. There's other mm. people's stuff, Keith and Tess's. I don't know how he didn't know Tess's car was there Like yeah. when he got there. It was parked in the front driveway. Yeah, he looked at it. He's like, what's that? Like, Whatever. Detroit, am I right? Yeah. So He didn't even seem to notice the surroundings. He wasn't even afraid of yeah, the surroundings. But that's, that's like, who he I get is. He's, I know. But like, I get he's a man. But he's like a scrawny little man. Like he could still get beat up and robbed. I don't know why he wouldn't be like, "Oh my God!" It's he just, sketchy. it's uh, it, when, I don't know. I don't. I don't know his life. But he just has that air of, I'm invincible yeah. around him. Even in this moment where he's stuck in this Michigan house that he bought to rent out as an Airbnb, he still thinks that he's untouchable. Yeah, they do a good job at at making the audience aware of that he's incredibly arrogant very sure of himself doesn't think about anything he thinks the world is there for him to play with and another scene happens another scene like that we're going to talk about now shows you what a dirtbag he is i mean he's already a dirtbag from the sexual assault but something (laughs) else more minor that i'm like nobody does that but this guy's a psycho i'll tell you later but yeah i mean the funny the the to me the best comedic scene in this whole thing happens Mm -hmm. he's throwing up he needs toilet paper there's no toilet paper so he goes to the basement he finds the last row oh yeah (laughs) he finds a the room right but the root the door is closed he finds the rope and opens it 
and he uh finds the secret room with the mattress, the camera, and the blood ha- bloody handprint in the bucket. And the first thing he that goes into his mind is, I can use this to get more money for this house. So, can I use yeah. a secret basement and count as a square footage for the house? So we see him with the measuring, and he and you can. So he's excited. He googles it and everything. <laughs> and oh, the best part is that he tries to get into Tess's uh, Mac. He he puts in one password, doesn't work. He gets pissed. And he throws, the, he, he like tosses the Mac uh, away, and it lands perfectly on the on the counter. That's like, what I was talking about, though. What kind of monster throws <laughs> a laptop? What kind of selfish douchebag does? It lands perfectly. That was it hits hilarious. the wall. It hits the wall. Okay, he owes her. A, he owes her a lot of things, but he owes Tess among many things yeah. a laptop. So. Uh, he um, he gets the measuring tape, and then he measures the basement. He measures the secret room, hits the wall that Tess hits, reveals that there's more room, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be rich," and starts measuring this. Sees the dog cages, the animal cages, and he's like, "Oh, there's more room," and he measures that little space and keeps measuring. But then. The laughing stops because every, everybody knows where he is except him. But that's the arrogance of him. There's a dire situation in front of him, a situation that freaked out Tess, a situation where Keith had to run headfirst into. He is just casually with his guard down measuring this because this is the type of person he is. But he finds another room, and in this room is... A video, a constant video of of uh, nursing. And it teaches yeah, a you... A mother nursing a baby. Yeah, and it teaches you how to nurse. And his immediate reaction upon entering the room is to notice how much it doesn't smell good. It stinks. Mm-hmm. So... He's just taken aback by this. And he feels resistance on the measuring tape. He looks in the distance. He sees a figure slowly approaching him. And he realizes his best bet. And he thinks it's like one of the quote-unquote squatters. It could be Tess or somebody. But it's not. And he realizes the, the safest thing to do is to run. So he runs. And as he's running, he has a choice between left and right. He chooses left. And he falls into a hole. And the zombie woman puts the... You keep saying zombie. I know. I don't see zombie. I don't either, but this was my first interpretation. Oh, okay. As the the zombie woman (laughs) covers the hole, he's trapped in there. He's about to scream to let him out, screams for help, but somebody shushes him. It's Tess. She's alive. And the time span we got was two weeks. She's been here for two weeks. Wow. Not the journey I thought we were going down with Tess. (laughs) 
And how she managed to survive that long is beyond me. Yeah. Well, we know why. Because the mother has a... It must have been torture. Mm -hmm. A baby bottle. And to, quote-unquote, nurse her baby. And Tess is forced to drink this to calm her down. But when, when AJ doesn't want to do this, she comes down and grabs him. And takes him to the room. And she starts coddling him. Because he needs to nurse. And she needs to nurse him. So at this point. We can stop calling this. Woman the zombie woman. I'm going to call her mother. Or mama. <laughs> As she's so dubbed. Her in ma. This. Just ma. <laughs> she looks like a ma. Meh. Meh. So. The mother. The, mm-hmm. Tess uses this opportunity to escape, right? Mm-hmm. And she does. As AJ's getting nursed. Yeah. Which is like, there's there some themes there. It's just very like, he's being forced to do something he doesn't want to do, and he doesn't like it. Like, it's alluding to the assault that he did. And now he's like, getting a taste of what that's like. But anyway, yeah. So AJ's getting his comeuppance, and you said Tess finds this moment to escape, which is awesome. Finally, Tess is out of the house. She's gonna go to the police. Thank God. Unfortunately, <laughs> AJ uh, had locked himself in the basement, and she lets out this desperate cry, like "No!" <laughs> so she breaks the window, and. The mother hears this and starts running after her. AJ takes this moment to escape. So everybody's doing something. It's nice. Uh, That homeless person that ran up to Tess in the beginning comes in to save her and pulls her out just in time. And he takes her away. Mother, it's still kind of day out. So the mother's like, I'm not going outside. I'm going back in the tunnel. And the the homeless person gives us the details. She, the, because uh, Tess wants to go back and save AJ. But the homeless person whose name we learn is... Well, I believe Andre. Yes, Andre. Yeah. Andre tells her that, look, that thing over there, when when nightfall happens, it it doesn't stay there. It goes around the entire neighborhood. Because the light is the problem. But as you can see, when it gets dark, it has no problem with that. And... That thing ain't even the worst thing out there. <laughs> what? That's like the most important line in this whole movie. Yeah. The one that just kept you thinking when you went home. Yeah. Because this thing's pretty terrible. Yeah. And that's not the worst thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um... So yeah, she's she's insistent on trying to save AJ. Um, Andre's like, look. I gave you a warning. I told you what it does. You do you, okay? 
But don't be around here when it gets dark, okay? Yeah. I don't want to see this shit happen again. So Tess does the natural thing. She calls the police. I was so happy when they came. I was like, yes, that's what I wanted the whole movie. Call the cops. Tell somebody. She didn't call. She had to find them. And they were outside the, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And she tells them a story. Look, I've been trapped. I was held against my will for several days, uh, for, for weeks. And I just got out. And I need you to go over there because there's another man trapped with me. And then these cops look at her and they're like, yeah, is that what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, what? What is that? She's like, let me see some ID. She's like, I just told you I was trapped. I just got out. I don't have ID on me. And they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in that neighborhood. Airbnb. I've never heard of Airbnb. Have you heard of Airbnb? I don't know. Uh, yeah, why don't you just go back to uh, under the bridge and you know do what it is that you do and she's like what are you fucking talking no I'm not high on crack I'm not on anything this is what needs to happen and they reluctantly take her there they go and essentially she told them that she had to escape by breaking the window and getting out and they're like, yo, we could we could take you in for breaking into somebody's house. And she's like, you're not listening. I broke out of there. I didn't break into there. And they're like, yeah, okay. To the point where she starts going after them, like verbally going after them. And they tell her, they'll throw her, they'll lock her to a, in a cell for the night until she comes down. Meaning... They're like, you're being hysterical. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, it's horrible. So the cops aren't going to help. So they leave because they have another unit. And what was it? They leave and they're just like, she's so willful. (laughs) Sinister men. And they leave. So she's. And it's a commentary not just on men, but like of cops in Detroit, I'm assuming. Because it had to be a commentary on something. I mean. Yeah. I really thought this would work, and I'm learning that it wouldn't, and maybe that's common in Detroit, and I didn't know that. They're, like, teaching you things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. this is definitely They a just don't. They see shit like crime all the time, shit like this, and then they just get desensitized, and they don't really do their jobs to the fullest because yeah. they're just like, I don't want to get pulled down this rabbit hole again and then get burned because apparently this has happened a bunch of times before. Yeah where they either get jumped by a bunch of homeless people or something else happens. I I guess. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of things here, but that has to be the case because nobody's that jaded unless <laughs> they have a reason to be. I don't know. Like, yeah. And not to justify his actions because he still didn't do his job. He right. should have done due diligence, went in there, called backup if he had to, searched the house at least. But that, that was definitely the attitude of somebody who thought they were getting set up or something like that and they were trying not to fall for it those of you that think he might need a warrant i don't know i mean the window's broken i think that's reasonable cause to get into the house and just search or like at least knock and ask some questions yeah well regardless they left and you know what you know what i didn't think about maybe that wasn't that wasn't the first time they've heard that story about that house and nothing happened. That's true. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe the first time they heard that call, the bottom 
the basement wasn't even discovered at that point. Yeah. They the, went in, they searched, they found nothing. Right. There was no rope. None of that thing. Right. So. Anyway, while all this is happening, I'm sure you're all curious about AJ. Well, he, uh, he goes in the other direction. When he had to choose left or right, he decides to go right. Mm. And he reaches a door. We see the mother. She's inching closer, realizes where he's at, and backs away. So he's relieved because he thinks the light he's shining on her had something to do with it. We as the audience know whatever's behind that door is much worse than what she's capable of. Because at this point, we're looking around. We're still kind of looking for the barbarian because mm-hmm. we're not convinced. Like, maybe she's the barbarian. She is definitely barbaric, but maybe not. And also, we're looking for the thing that's worse than her that the homeless man, Andre, yeah. mentioned. And we walk in and we see... And I'm uh, sorry, AJ walks in. He sees a TV's on. And he looks over. And there's an old man laying on the bed who's coughing. And we get a flashback. This movie's all over the place. <laughs> flashback to a man named Frank. Frank lives in this neighborhood. That's his house. And he gets up, he goes out. He gets in his car, drives out of the neighborhood, which is bright, full of sun, full of people. They're all happy. They're waving hi to The lawns are green. The houses are new. The people are nice. Looking nice. He goes to the store. A young lady asks him if he needs any help. He says, yeah, Uh, my wife is pregnant and I need some stuff. So she's like, isn't your midwife supposed to help you with this? And he's just like, eh, just me. Thank God, none. <laughs> so she's like, okay. And she's going all over the place, helping him, grabbing stuff, diapers. Um, she's, she mentioned something where it's like, you got a date at the hospital set up? And she's just, he's like, home birth. She's <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. And she gets him some plastic sheets. <laughs> So, and I was watching this thinking, damn, I guess that's a really good cover for the shit that he's getting, a home birth. You would require all the same shit he would need for the presumed horrible things that are happening. So, or maybe he really was planning for a home birth. Yeah. So it's you can easily assume that this, this, this is the guy who set up the camera in the basement because we know nothing good came from that, right? No. Now, this is the barbarian in my mind. Yeah. And I'm and I'm curious as to like, what's the explanation? Was he experimenting on people, putting them in cages? Uh, it's not my first thought. <laughs> uh, or was he a serial killer, serial rapist, something? That was my first thought. Given the themes that we've already seen, that's what I thought he was. I was th- with the mother. Flash murderer. Mm-hmm. With the mother, she's in such a way that I'm. I was convinced that she was an experiment gone wrong. That would make more sense. And maybe in future, you know, installments of this soon to be beloved franchise, uh, maybe they'll go into that. Cause I do have some questions about her, her skill set yeah. <laughs> and how she obtained them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. So, so that 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 was my thought process because he said home, oh, like home birth, but he like all those items could also be used for something else, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm very curious about this. And there was dog cages and other stuff, but sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer, and we see Frank look at a lady packing her stuff going into the car and he just kind of waits as he watches her follows her to her house parks a couple houses down puts on a suit that um that he has as a maintenance person with the name tag Carlos walks in tell uh no knocks on her door she opens up he tells her that he's just doing a routine checkup just to make sure everything's fine and she lets him in she has to right so he goes in opens the water faucet acting like he's fixing something but he's a man doing a job so this woman has to let him do the job so he closes the door as he's running the water and he uses that to silently open her window. Not open it physically, just take off the locks because he's coming in later. He did his mm. job. He's done. He'll see her soon. And he goes back to his neighborhood. His neighbor comes in tells him that He's he's got some bad news. Him and the family are moving. Just has to be done. Um the neighborhood's going to shit. And they would he's kinda hoping Frank would move too. Maybe they could still be neighbors somewhere else. But Frank is like, I don't care. I'm always going to stay in this house. And I don't know what he meant by the neighborhood's going to shit. It looked beautiful. Um but I guess there's some other things, you know, before it went to shit. Maybe the housing market was terrible at the time. or yeah. I don't know. Some other stuff. But yeah. The home invasion scene was very scary. Yeah. Just the implication of what he's going to be doing. And then the scene plays out more and it's revealed what he does. He picks these targets. He gets them. He takes them home. And... He becomes a barbarian, and he's a terrible monster rapist. Yeah, he he goes home after talking to his neighbor. He opens the ba- basement door, and we hear a woman screaming. Mm-hmm. And he's there with the stuff he needs for childbirth. So, yep. if you had a if you had a child and you wanted to do a home home birth. You want your woman to be as comfortable as possible, not in a mattress in the basement. This is not. Yeah, a good it's pretty scene. clear. This is this is a a, vic- a kidnapping victim. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to watch. And again, we don't see him do those things. We don't even see the person who he's doing this to. You just hear, and it's heavily implied what's happening. Like you understand what's happening, but you don't see it. Um, because that's very important to know too going into the movie. Like. Some people are like, all right, it's fine. But like, if I see some of that stuff visually, I don't want that in my head. And they don't show you visually. Like, you you understand that it happened, but they don't show you. Yeah, and that can be triggering. 
Yeah, and I'm actually happy about that. I don't want to see that. Right. So I this is as much I think he did it. They told this story in the best way for me. Yeah. In the sense that like I, I'm okay if this is used in the story if it's serving a purpose, as long as I don't have to really see it. I don't really want to see all that stuff. And I think they did it really well. The director did a really good job. Yeah. Telling this story. This story in particular. I agree with that. But now it's the present day and we cut back to AJ and Frank. Frank is in this bed in the basement in these tunnels. And um, he's an old man, same color as the mother and long hair, coughing up a storm. And AJ wrongfully assumes that the mother does this to him. And he's like, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get her. Right. And then Frank beckons um, AJ to bring his nightstand close to him, which he does. And he's like, don't worry, we're going to get you out of here. You and me, we'll figure it out. We're going to get cops here, everything. Right. And then AJ sees that there's a pile of movies homemade movies titles like girl redhead from the gas station like girl from from the other neighborhood some stuff like that and he puts one in and he's horrified of what he sees this is important because we've already established this AJ is a uh, sexually assaulted somebody and he's getting a visual look at what a rape looks like and he turns around to Frank and calls him disgusting and Frank reveals that he has a gun and he points it at AJ AJ freaks out but Frank puts the gun to his head and shoots himself yeah not where I thought that was going yeah wait like this man led that horrible, disgusting life to get to this point. And then he just killed himself. I thought um, it must have been that he has, at a certain point, been held hostage there. He can't leave. And this was his chance to just kind of check out. Yeah. But someone like Frank, I wouldn't want. (laughs) That was too easy for him. But I have my theory on that, too. Oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I take that back. He's dead. (laughs) He's He's not there. He's gone. Why he did that, I assume, is just to escape. Like, like get out of there. He doesn't say a word in this. He just... Actions speak louder than words. He got caught. He could have easily killed AJ. But he probably just didn't have the strength to, like, shoot AJ and then... You know, maybe AJ runs or something like, or comes on top of him. So instead of deal with that whole thing, he just rather kill himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he died. The barbarian is gone. Yeah, and uh, this is how we do it. This is this is when Tess saves him. Um, sort of, because AJ grabs the gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 
Tess decides to the only way to solve the situation is to because the door's locked is to get in her car and as we wished she went home she needs to save AJ and here's the thing we know the character of AJ who who AJ is we want AJ to <laughs> to to kind of just get his comeuppance maybe he's redeemable he saw visually somebody getting raped nah <laughs> maybe he's redeemable I want Tess to go home but yeah of all things if there's one thing that AJ needs is to figure it out himself Tess is the person that needs to get out of there mm-hmm. um, but she doesn't she crashes into the house and does she? She uses her car to crash. Oh no, 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 no! She doesn't. No, nah, she does that later. Yeah, you're right. But she just gets in. She breaks the door down. Gets in. Yeah, she gets in. Um, she's walk. She's walking slowly into this tunnel, and she sees a faded light in the distance, and we hear a gunshot. Fucking AJ shot Tess because he thought it was the mother. Ah. <laughs> if for some reason you didn't hate him before which I don't know how you couldn't the man shoots Tess no that wait we got this wrong you sure yeah I mean it doesn't really matter but... yeah that's true uh I mean she does go back yeah she goes back she has to save him so, the mother had left the house before this. The mother left the house, and as she was coming out, Tess was with her car waiting for her, and that, and then she drives into the mother, hoping to kill it, and and that's when she hits the basement, and the mother's but pinned I, to the. I house. think she saves AJ before that. No, because after she saves AJ, they come out, mm. and we see that the cars crash, but the mother's not there, and that's okay. when she's like, "Oh, she's fucking still out there." And then, <laughs> well, that makes more sense because I would be going down there if the mother was there. Um. So. They it's too late for AJ to go back into the house and get his car keys, so. Tess remembers that the that Andre. No wait, sorry, Andre's there, Andre's there, and he's like, "We're gonna take you to my hideout," and he gives us the spiel. The mother is a product of decades of rape and incest. Um, and for uh, she she goes she roams around at night because she doesn't like the light. And but this is the only spot that she doesn't touch. She's been there for ten years. Like this has been going on for ten years. Mm-hmm. And Andre confidently tells him like uh, that There's he's some gonna words I have here. Yeah. Um, he's telling this to AJ and Tess. Mm-hmm. This revelation about the mother's, you know, origins, obviously it's horrifying, but there's like a trend with these types of stories in horror where it's like, oh, it's a bunch of inbreeding that's going to result in these super strong soldiers. Like, I don't know, like it never makes sense to me. Inbreeding is going to do the opposite of that. You're not going to have this ultra strong baby. You're going to have, you know, this mutant, this like messed up mutant child who's weak. Like it's not going to have super strength. 
but that was one of the things that I was I was like I've seen this before in horror movies so this could be what they're going for but also did something else happen to make the mother this strong like yeah something must have happened other uh, or or they just saying it was inbreeding but something yeah, doesn't some, make a lot of sense some, something else is up here you know that always bothers me and <laughs> i don't i think they're better than this so aj has a moment of realization he he knows he did something bad and he's going to correct it right he's but he needs to make it out alive to correct it he's never going to do anything any harm to a woman ever again and Tess starts asking about how how they know they're safe. Andre says they've been here for 10 years. She's never gone there once. Ain't no motherfucking way she's going to get in here. And on cue, because I'm laughing in the theater already because I knew this screams Samuel Jackson and Deep Lucy. She, the mother breaks through the door and rips Andre's arm apart. <laughs> Andre's like ah, like screaming his lungs out. It was horrible, but the timing was funny. <laughs> so they realized. So their only safe bet is to run up the water tower, which they do, and um, and Andre uh, AJ realizes that he has to shoot the mother as it's coming up, and he drops the gun off the water tower. There's no time. The mother's coming up. He drops it in the most frustrating way ever. <laughs> He does not clasp his hand around the gun. He like juggles it in his hands and throws it out. It's like he did it on purpose, but he didn't. <laughs> so AJ realizes there's only one thing he can do. He pushes Tess off the build, the water tower. And we see the look on her face. It's like, you bitch. <laughs> After just saying that he's never going to harm anybody ever again. But it's just one more time. AJ's theory was correct because he pushed off um Tess the mother's motherly instincts kicked in and she jumps off the water tower catches Tess and when we look we see that she used her body to break Tess's fall. So Tess landed on her while she landed on the ground. Now, So the mother took the full impact of the fall. There's a bunch of blood on the floor, presumably mothers. So AJ goes over to Tess and he's doing, he's on the same bullshit again. He's just justifying everything. Mm. And the fact that she's alive... Tess wakes up and he's like, oh, okay, you understand, right? Like, this had to happen. Like, I knew the mother was going to break her fall. Everything's okay. All right. I, but it's a moment of weakness. La, 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 la. All his bullshit excuses. So AJ doesn't learn anything. He's still the same person. And we understand now who he really is, if we didn't understand it before. He'll do anything and apologize furiously without learning a lesson just to cover his ass. Was he really sorry for what happened or was he sorry because he got caught? <laughs> Just like here. So, AJ's a piece of shit. <laughs> S is waking up. But AJ being the piece of shit makes 
another horrible move that horror movie horror movie people do. All right, they don't double tap. Okay, everyone's seen Zombie Land. You're supposed to double tap. You just yes. always do it. And he didn't do it. He saw her on the floor, and he assumes, well, that's the end of Mama. No, you shoot her anyway. <laughs> All right, she's a monster. So she but gets he up. Did not do that. So Mama obviously gets up. <laughs> she gets up like and, a zombie. <laughs> and she clearly watched Jeepers Creepers because, in a good callback, she gouges out his eyes mm-hmm. and rips yep. his skull in half. Nothing good happens to Justin Long in horror movies, Agreed. especially his eyes. <laughs> so he like likes it. He's just like, they do some fucked up shit to me. Like, he always says to do crazy stuff in horror movies to him. I, I saw that guy turn into a walrus once. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need to be the... The, uh, the hero. The hero. Or... He's always needs to be the victim. He's been, he's been playing like the asshole lately. Like, he likes playing that part. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing beats... Uh... Brandon St. Randy. <laughs> okay, that was that's that's peak. All right, he's just he's already done his greatest role, so now he's just picking roles yeah, exactly. that he wants to do. Salutations. <laughs> <laughs> the best role, another Kevin Smith movie. So, he uh, that's it. Uh, AJ's dead, and we see Tess and the mother interact. She wants to take her back to the the house. And she picks up Tess, but Tess screaming in pain. She can't go back. The mother tries to do it again. Nothing. It hurts. It hurts. And while this is going on, Tess picks up the gun. And then the mother just kind of... Just kind of like tries to get her to go, but... At, she realizes that she, she can't. Tess can't go. But then Tess puts the gun to her head. And the mother kisses her hand and puts it on her forehead and puts it on Tess's forehead and there's there's a couple interpretations you can get I think the mother knew what was going to happen next and she kind of just accepted her death I read it more that she's too dim to know what's happening she really loves Tess as a baby like she considers her her baby Mm-hmm. And she sees that she has a boo boo, so she's giving her a kiss to make it better. Mm-hmm. And Tess is just like in shock, feeling I don't know what kind of emotions, <laughs> and then has to pull the trigger anyway. Yeah, there is a hesitation from Tess, but Tess mm-hmm. decides to, sh- to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean you have to. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. Credits roll. We don't even see the gunshot. Just goes black. Credits roll. We do see Tess get up, walk away. We know the mother's dead. The end. That's it. After credit scene. <laughs> None. No after credit scene. Damn. But yeah. So yeah. That movie's so good. So many twists and turns. Never knew where it was gonna go. It's very different from the, you know, psychotic killer Bill Skarsgård movie that I thought I was getting. Yeah, this they definitely use Bill as a red herring to, to fool you into what this movie is. Mm-hmm. And 
the themes that they went over, you know, obviously me and Rip, we clumsily just jumped all over them, but yeah. they were presented in the best way possible in this type of context in the horror movie. Yeah. Um, and they really made you think about a lot of different things. You were scared, but it was thought provoking at the same time. Sometimes you laughed, which I don't even know how they managed to fit in humor in this movie at all, but they did. Yeah. Um, Didn't expect that. And not not a bad type of humor either. Like it's something Jordan Peele's able to do as well. Like there's there's just the right amount of comedy where it's not a joke. It's still a serious horror movie. Yeah. But it makes you laugh now and then. And it makes it feel more real, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's always going to be these little moments of levity. Um. It also like slows your heart rate down a little bit, so you don't have to be on the edge of your seat the whole time. So, Zach Krieger was inspired by *The Gift of Fear*, a nonfiction book, and mm. there's a section that encourages women to trust their intuition and not ignore the subconscious red flags, right? Um, and he straight up wrote a 30-page uh, scene that would incorporate as many red flags as possible. Um, and he said, uh, it says settled, but I feel like he chose the the Airbnb situation. And he was frustrated writing this movie because he thought he was going to, it was going to be predictable. And that's why he threw in that twist. The, I mean, which one? There's so <laughs> many twists. I'm guessing the Keith twist that he wasn't the. That's like twist number one of 75. Like <laughs> Keith twist. Um Justin Long twist, yeah. the Frank being there twist, like it, and then the even bigger twist where this is just part one. There's other things down there that we didn't even explore. Yes, there are tunnels in there that are yet to be excavated by anyone else but the barbarian. When I was reading like different stuff on Reddit about this movie, one person whose name I can't remember right now, and I apologize, but he. Or this person came up with, well, this can be a franchise easily because Tess has access to a documentarian. And how great would it be if they took an entire um, documentary crew, a documentary crew? (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) stop. It can't be stopped. Documentary. (laughs) Documentary crew down there and they find more things because what's to stop Tess for being like oh we uh we killed the mother um Frank is dead we can uh we can search this place the police should believe me or her body's there but knowing those police they'll be like ew crack it and leave one thing of note though Frank's body was nowhere to be found. Not Frank. Uh, Keith. I wouldn't be surprised if she tries to get the police involved again and they arrest her because AJ, the owner of the house, is dead. And mm. she knows where the body is. Now, we, we can see that the mother and AJ's body are next to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, what if it's not there? What if it's just AJ's body? Or even worse, neither body is there. Then she goes to jail, for sure. Like... Yeah. They'll just be like, oh, she's some killer. She's a crackhead killer. Like, yeah. whatever stupid thing. Because they've already established that these people, these cops, are just useless. That's what I'm saying. Like, she goes to her interviewer first. 
mm-hmm. tells her the situation, and you can go on from there. So that Reddit post was like, damn, you could turn this into something. You could. Or maybe. I just I just don't see Tess being involved, really. Like, Tess would not bring more people there. Or I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Did the police need proof? And she has access to this person, so she can get a, she can get them down there to get them proof. Because yeah, this, this is point... gonna be story of the year because it involves AJ, mm-hmm. the like pariah at the moment. Everyone knows he's a shitty person, yeah. and now he's dead all of a sudden. You're exposing Frank, the mm-hmm. owner, the original owner of the house. Probably solving like dozens of missing person cases in the process. Yeah. And then whatever else is down there. I wouldn't yeah. call this barbarian too. I would No. I would call the other one whoever is the focus. Yeah. Whatever monster is the focus. I would I would even like go as far as uh was it um like Zach Craig uh Craiger uses a pseudonym or a or a fake name like Cloverfield. Like don't like you don't know it's a sequel to Cloverfield until you know, I was just thinking that. Like, this is that would be the best opportunity because then you already know what's going to happen. Just show us, like, a bunch of, uh, like, a, a documentary crew. They say, now that you brought that up, that is that is in a horror genre. We should cover the Cloverfield franchise. Yeah. Because it's fun. I mean, it's a fun ride. And all the meta stuff is fun, too, but we probably wouldn't get into the meta stuff. <laughs> they, um, they're coming out with a new movie. They confirmed it. Good. I want to see more. I'm interested. I wasn't put off by that Netflix movie. I thought it was weird and fun. I mean, it kind of gives us an origin, so that was cool. Mm -hmm. But it kind of changes the whole thing. It's not an ancient beast that awakens. It's now an interdimensional beast that got transported. Who was ancient from his dimension. Come on. (laughs) All right. But yeah, Barbarian was great. I love the I love the ride. The less you know about it, the better it is. I think we can all agree on that. Um, mm-hmm. And if you joined us again, after you're like, okay, I'm not gonna spoil it for myself. I'm gonna watch the movie, and you came back. You're welcome. Yeah, told you. <laughs> yeah, I told you so. So yeah, love to see a sequel, and I would love. I it need even a more. sequel. You know what I'd love even more? What? A sequel to Archive 81. Yeah, that's yes. right. I didn't let it go. Archive 82. Let's get it Bring rocking. it back tonight. Tonight. Don't care. I'm we'll review it. the whole season, episode by episode, the day after. I promise it. Yes. <laughs> I need to see it. Archive 82, baby. <laughs> Never let it die. Never. All right. Well, with all that being said, any last words, Jumbi? Conan, the Barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger, indeed. (laughs) And with that said, we conclude another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please, please give us a like, subscribe, follow. Please and please. Anything to show us that you love us. Because we love you too. And we'll always love you. Love you more than a plate of peas and rice. But You're my favorite documentary. 
I'm never going to get that word right. And I'm going <laughs> to hate myself when I listen to this. <laughs> Documentary. Documentary. We did it. Yay. Documentary McGinnis. 